movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have... They also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately, and everything else. So, if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Well, hello there. This is Louis, a.k.a. Louis the French Manette, and I'm here to talk about my podcast channel, Schmozer North. On my podcast channel, we find the Frenchie Talks About and the Frenchie Watches. On the Frenchie Talks About, we talk about anything. We can go from anime to women in priesthood. There's a subject for everyone. And the Frenchie Watches is simple. We watch a movie and we deep dive into the psychological meaning of that movie. Uh, So we really try to find a new angle on the movies you love. All right, so go take a look and enjoy. Bye-bye. Hey, Dennis. How are you doing? Hey. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, sure can. All right, awesome. I just want to say welcome to the show and everything, guys. I've been thrilled just to have you guys here. So I'm glad to have you both on here. We're happy to be here. I'm glad. How you doing, April? I'm good. That's good. So, hello, movie lovers. For today's podcast episode, I actually have April here with me and also Dennis R. Holder with me today. And he actually wrote a little book. And a matter of fact, I'm actually happy to see small town uh, people actually seceding, especially in Pobleville, you know, in our little small town, to be able to do something big like that. And they actually wrote a book called Love, Marriage, and the Character It Builds. A manual for marriages years six, zero to ten. So I just want to say congratulations on you two on the success of the book. I hope that it's doing great. So far, so good, my friend. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. So my question for you guys is how long have you guys been wanting to do this and everything? I mean, this seems like a very long time in the making. I'll let my wife lead with that. Okay. He's been actually working on this book for a couple of years and picking my brain as he go. Um, <laughs> as I laughed because as he was wrapping up, um, some of the things would be was a couple of years off and I didn't realize it had consumed um, him and his craft for a couple of years um, while working on it but it's been a couple of years in the making and I think God laid it on his heart um, to write the book probably just a couple of years before that I can definitely see that. I mean, just from the cover alone and everything, I can definitely tell that God has definitely worked in both y'all's life and things like that and how blessed you guys are with the book. So that goes tremendously well. Um, I said most definitely. I would say just like my wife did, it was uh, a couple years in the progress of making it. I've always known that writing has been a passion of mine. Actually, it started out more as an outlet to manage stress and the daily um, tasks of life. And I just found at first I thought I wanted to be a ghostwriter for someone else. 
And as I prayed and thought about it and got a better understanding of who I was, what I wanted to do, I realized I could, I could come out on my own book. And even not for the fact of getting or becoming uh, well-known or uh, famous or whatever, but the fact of just being able to set a goal to know that it's a dream and a passion as well as a, uh, a, dream, a dream worth pursuing for myself and exercising of my gifts and talents. It gave me an opportunity to really just stretch my legs and, and bring to life uh, my brainchild, as my wife loves to call it. And why not, why not write about one of my favorite subjects, which, which is my marriage that I've been blessed with? That's great, man. And I, I, you know what? I think this book can actually go a lot of ways where people that are trying to prepare for marriage, trying to get everything settled into where they can actually get married. I like the fact that it's from zero to 10. So it gives you a little freshness of what it's like to be a newlyweds, what to prepare for, things like that. That's just the idea that I'm getting from the book out of the context of the cover and everything else. I haven't read the book in itself, but that's what I'm getting off of it. Almost definitely. But it also, um, once you get in and get to reading, I tell everybody, like some of my couples that's been married a while, um, well past that 10 years, maybe even at the 25, 30 year mark. Um, sometimes we forget stuff along the way. And if we take a read of the um, book there, it helps you to look at yourself and, you know, what you need to do better. So if you've been married a while and you may have lost a step and kind of forgot what it took to um, catch your spouse, um, it just reminds you what you need to start back doing to keep them and you know, um, keep them happy, even but, at 30 more. Right, because I understand that you know, especially with people that have been married 30 years. As a matter of fact, I'm just going off of what I know from somebody that was actually married for 30 years, and it just seemed like it was like a repetitiveness with their lifestyle and things like that, if you yes. know what I mean. It just seems like that there was nothing. You know how some people are just happy because they've been married for 30 years or whatever, and you can definitely tell, but it just seems like with the, but that couple, it's just like, okay, like, for instance, example, like, Valentine's Day was just like another day to somebody and to them, and I'm like, okay, where is the fire? Where is that being lit? Where's that energy that you guys once had? That's what I was curious about in my own mind, you know? Yeah. Most definitely. And the job of being married isn't to keep uh, the other person happy. It's just to keep pursuing that person, not to pursue that person into marriage again, but to show the energy that you have for that person. Exactly. In fact, I use the topic in one of my chapters of the book, which is basically being a student of one another, not letting things grow stale. And if nothing else, though it is a book of marriage and couples and relationships, it also gives you a chance to reflect on yourself. Who are you as a person? And if you're even considering in a relationship, what do you bring to that relationship? In fact, my very first chapter of the book says, I know you, I know me, you know you, but who are we together? I love that. <laughs> and that's a simple thing. Everybody knows, you know what you bring to the table. You know your life experience. You know you like to share your life with someone, but have you considered what that looks like? Right. Does this person shape you and mold you into the man that you want to be or the woman that you want to be? And if God's going to be exactly. the one who's going to be the stepping stone in that relationship to be the center of that relationship versus you being the person, just being the person with nobody else involved and everything. So I totally get that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can tell the passion that you guys both have for this book and the energy that you actually have it in. And my question is this, what influenced you, influenced you to write the book in the first place? I understand with, you know, it was always your passion, but is there anything else behind it? Almost definitely. I was able to about three, almost four years ago, I reset some things. And I, when I say I reset, I tell people when I talk about the book, this book, my brainchild, this opportunity was not created out of some big argument, some falling out between me and my wife, but better yet, mm -hmm. it, it was me asking myself, can I be better? Okay. Can I be a better, can I be a better man? Can I be a better father? Right. Because you want to be able to bring strength to the both of y'all and to where it's not, where it's all on one person or anything like that, because I'm, I have a strong thing from whenever I learned in churches, marriage is 100, 100. There is no 50, 50. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And Another thing, too, that I want to bring up is, too, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not married or anything like that. I've been, I was close to getting engaged and everything. I mean, I, I was engaged. But my question is this. 
when you're first dating somebody, it's like a job interview if you actually think about it. You're wanting to make sure that person is the right person. Otherwise, it's like deuces, bye, I'll see you all the time if there is a next time kind of thing. Right. Uh, am I right? It's like dating is a lot like a interview. Yeah, you know, but with a lot more passion. Right. right. <laughs> Exactly. Because you want the other person to feel the connection that you feel. You want to actually feel like there's something there. The continuity between the two of you. And that's, I, again, that's why I, I actually started talking about in the first chapter of my book about knowing you and them knowing them is uh, honestly on our dates, when we do first meet people and these first glances and these interactions, all we're meeting is our representative. We're meeting that person's best version of themselves. Right. That's why it's important to be, uh, understand that but also pursue deeper. A lot of times we fall in love with the things or we fall in strong like, if I like to say, of what we see superficially. But we don't take the time to get to know people and allow them to get the time to know us. I can see that. It's that lustfulness that you have at first. That spark, that chemistry drives you further to dig deeper because it has to be more than just looks because they fade away. Most definitely. That's true. You want something that's actually be forever because things on Earth are just temporary anyway, so it's just going to rust here, and we're going to be gone later mm-hmm. on. So so you're trying to look for the best thing that you can have in front of you, the best version of the person that you, you want to actually help and mold you into the person that you want to be. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so my question for the both of y'all is this. How would the two of you describe the book? If somebody wasn't married, if someone wasn't, or if somebody was going on ahead and trying to get into that 30 year marker and they're trying to spark things up again. Now, I'll, I'll take it from what I tell people um, that's not married yet. Um, my husband tells the story of, you know, when we were early on, uh, you know, you grow up, you watch your parents and you learn what it is, but you don't. Uh, to be married but you don't understand all the intricate details because a lot of stuff that our parents didn't do around kids so we're learning together and one thing I used to hear him say when we first started this journey was he wished he had a manual for it so I would tell those couples to just start and it's you know it's not a full manual to tell you Yes, no, every question, just like being a parent, we don't have a manual for everything that comes up. But this kind of helps you um, to look at what it, some of the stuff that you'll come against um, while in your first couple of years of marriage that hopefully will help you communicate and work through some of the issues you may have for those couples just starting out. Okay. Um, and I will say a lot of people that's gotten a book and read it, like I have one... Um, staff member that's gotten in and read it and she has a daughter that's getting ready to get married um and she said this is the daughter's one of her wedding gifts and she just can't wait to give it to her because after she read it she feels like it's going to really help her starting out in her marriage um so i think not just us thinking that that's what it's going to do that's what we're getting feedback from people that's reading and getting this as a wedding gift for other people that's awesome though i'm I'm glad to actually see that people are actually wanting to buy the book and as a wedding gift or a gift in general and say hey look i care about you i want your marriage to strengthen just like mine is i want you to succeed in your marriage here's the gift for you i like that and as for a mother getting it for her daughter i i thought that was you know people are really getting it. They're getting a vision of what it was for at that point. And I'll let my husband tell you about the further years. Well, I just got to find the key word that was said here, John, and that was vision. And like April, I've talked to many people, especially a young lady today who's, I think they've recently been married, maybe a year, maybe two. And to hear her quote different things from different chapters and to know that she could relate to the stories that I was telling and the situations as far as like being a husband and relating to your wife and vice versa. It was nice to hear that and to know that that's my vision was relayed. I wanted to take what my wife said, start out in the beginning. I want you to examine who you were, who you are, which I bring to this table of relationship and where is it building to. But also I wanted to take the foundations of those marriages that are established and allow them to refocus it, to re-energize it to realize that what we have may be good, 
but can it be better? Okay. I believe my wife deserves the best. She deserves, she believes I deserve better. So why don't we want to cultivate and build something more than what we have? I think a lot of times we can get caught on, and I love, I talk about this, on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Because we have a routine, because we raise children, because we go to work every day, we build up this robotic routine that we pray never changes. But that's not realistic. Just as we birthed a child into this world, you want them to grow, you want them to change, you want to, them to evolve. Right. Well, the same should be with marriage. After 10, 15 years, my wife's not going to be the same person she was five years ago, eight years ago. She shouldn't be, and I shouldn't be either. So I'm asking those couples that have been together longer than 10, 15 years, re-examine where you are. Because at this point, if Lord willing, you've raised children, you um, um, built a career for yourself. But what are you working on? What new additions are you doing into your marriage? Okay. I actually like that idea because, like you said, everybody is evolving in some t- way or fashion. You're not the same person that you were uh, 10 years ago. Not only that, but... You know, there's a quote by Nine Inch Nails that I like, and it's called, um, the, the way it is, is it goes like this. I, will, I believe I can see the future because I repeat the same thing every day. So it's very, mm-hmm. so it's very easy to get caught up in autopilot. Yes. <laughs> Most definitely. So that's also another thing, though, too, that I was mentioning the other couple. It seemed like they were more on autopilot than anything. And it's like, eh, we've been married for 30 years. Uh, that's you know, that's pretty much it. I'm like, really? There's so basically, you guys are like good roommates. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, you need to check yourself. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I, I, I love, am I saying that every day is perfect with my wife? Not at all. No. But I love the fact that, like, one of my favorite movies says Chris Rock, and uh, I think I love my wife. I love to know that I have someone who not only will go to war for me, but will go to war with me. I like that. Because you want someone that's going to support you. You're going to want someone that's going to back you up whenever you feel like everything is against you. Not only that, but you also need someone to to say, hey, look, you might be stepping in the wrong direction here. Let me help you out of this here. Maybe you can actually benefit off of this direction rather than the direction that you're going in. Because it's all about criticism, though, too. Yes. If you actually think about it. Oh, yes. And it, it, it takes that. Um, and I don't know. Um, you are wise beyond your years not to be married. Yet. <laughs> so your your main years are wise. Um, I think whatever lucky woman you find is going to be just that lucky because you understand it already and you haven't jumped into the pool. Of it. Well, I'm with someone now, but I'm trying to tell her too that I just want to take my time to delve with you. I want to build a foundation with you because if that foundation yes. cracks, that's it. So yes, I said, you may know me, but I need you to actually know me. <laughs> hey, exactly. well said, John. Thanks. And I would tell you, John, too, about foundations cracking. You know you're gonna have some cracks in your mm-hmm. foundation, but if it's like you're doing, take taking the time to actually build that foundation, even when it cracks, it doesn't break. Exactly, because that's what I care about the most. Because the first thing you start off with as an architect is the foundation, and if that foundation is not good, it's just gonna go crumbling down. Yes. So that's my main thing is that's my main goal is to build something with the person I'm with. And also be there for them, comfort for her, and build her up. And then if she, if I feel like too that you know she needs to also listen to some criticism too that I actually have as well as criticism that she has about me, so that way it'll be common ground for the both of us. Most definitely, because you know we have to remember, as I love to reiterate all the time, you know, uh, we're in cultivation of one another, not in competition. This is not, I'm, t- I'm not trying to one-up you. I'm not trying to make you into who I want you to be. But trust the fact and understand, number one, that I love you. And what I'm saying is because I want the best for you. And I think that that's another part I em- emphasize is the communication part of things. Knowing the difference between someone who's criticizing you, who is someone you're not in a relationship with, prayerfully, but someone who cares for you, who's trying to build something with you. When they say something to you, it's not a criticism. It's made more so of, hey, like you said, I want the best for you. I see right. more in you. Can you, you know, can you evolve into something more? Exactly. And when we're in a, even if it's not a marriage relationship, even with coworkers, if you're working with one of your friends and you know they don't mean anything but the best for you, 
they can criticize you and you can take that and you can work with it because you know it's coming from a place of love. And I've learned a long time ago, you have to confront issues and confrontation for a lot of people has a bad meaning to it. Mm -hmm. But to confront just simply means to turn your face towards somebody. Right. And it doesn't have to be bad. It's just we have we're confronting these issues. We're sitting down. We're talking about them together. And because, you know, I love you and it's coming from a place of love. We should be able to communicate and get this stuff um, smoothed out together. Right. And you see, that's what I feel like my co-host Tamika does for me, though, too. She's the, one who's, she's the one who says, hey, look, you need to take a break from podcasting. You need to do that just for your own mental health. And she also gives me some criticism, too, but it's a place of love and understanding as well. So she also told me this, she goes, I hope that I'm not telling you what to do or not or anything, because I'm just trying to care for you. I said, I said, to be honest with you, I need to be taught to slow down <laughs> and not yeah. <laughs> because I said, look, I could actually, the, the podcast is great and everything, but I also need to take a break for myself though, too. And I need to learn, let go. <laughs> Most definitely, John. Balance. Exactly. It's all about balance. Same thing with marriage. Everything's about balance and trying to find that balance between everything. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, my question is this for you, Dennis. Um, it says, who came up with the idea for the title of the book? <laughs> I did. It, uh, came, it stemmed from a lot of different, I'm a big, I love motivational videos. I love to hear Les Brown, Eric Thomas. I love uh, uh, Inky Johnson. Um, all these guys speak and they talk about different points. They might talk about love, T.D. Jakes. They might talk about character. And more and more as I thought about these things and I was hearing the word as I and I say in my, in my vision of what I wanted to portray as far as the legacy and the foundation was love, marriage, and the character that it built. Because everybody, I told them, it feel, I feel like being a young man, I consider myself young, 37 years old, uh, I feel that everybody, a a lot of people want a wedding day, but they don't plan for a marriage. Does that make sense? That actually does make sense. As a matter of fact, I had this talk too. (laughs) I was like, I was like, look, um, we need to actually have a time out for a minute and just chill for a second. Because here's the thing. I don't want to rush into this and everything right off the bat. I don't want to just give you a ring for the sake of giving you a ring. I want it to actually mean something. And without any, but without the context, without actually uh, doing anything, without the context behind why you're giving that person the ring, it's just another ring to some to the woman, rather than exactly. And it's just another day, basically. It's like, okay, he gave me a ring. What do do? But <laughs> you know, but or she's gonna be puzzling. Okay, what is he giving me a ring for? What does this actually mean? Why is there something more to this? Without the context, without actually knowing, hey, look, this is an engagement ring. I see a future for you. I want to build with you. I want the foundation to be with you and everything. You need to actually have that settled first before you actually go on ahead and try and plan for a wedding and everything, too. Also, too, it's not also – and I also feel like this, too. If the other person's ready and the other person's not, I feel like, too, that – it's not fair to the other person. The other person needs to be patient with that person. Because just because... Oh, yeah. Right. Now, my question is this. Now, if the person tells you, okay, I need you to be patient with me to get to that step, that's not a red flag. That's just saying, hey, look, I love you. I want to be with you, but I'm just not ready yet in that step just yet. But give me time. Maybe I'll get there. Now, is that a red flag or is that not a red flag? To me, it's not. But Now, for me... Mm-hmm. It can mean a lot of things. Now, if you tell me, and again, it's that communication, telling me you want to get there, you're leaving it out on the line for a little bit, or you want to get there making sure you're financially stable mm-hmm. and really support a family, or you want to get there to make sure that I'm the person you love and you're ready to spend your life with. As a woman, you know, we critically think a lot of situations where you say what you mean and you mean what you say and you think it's direct and that I should understand it but no I just got a couple of different things out of that conversation if you want to make sure that you're financially stable mm-hmm. that you're ready to family and support me okay I, I'm, I'm good with giving you your space I'm understanding it totally but if you're telling me I'm at the point that I'm in love with you and I see 
my life with nobody but you and you telling me hang on I don't know if I'm seeing that with you then that throws up a red flag for right. me because it's like my heart in the wrong place okay John I'm like my wife on that I have to agree my question would be like what do you mean because right. one of the another one of the topics I bring up in the book is trust and transparency how can you expect someone to trust you if you're not transparent? If you can't communicate, if you can't explain what you mean to this person that you're considering marrying, because truly when you're married someone, you cleave to them. Right. You're, you're wanting to join your life, your destiny, your legacy, and whatever God has for you with them. Why can't you be totally transparent? Right. Because one of my, as one of my favorite quotes says that if you want to go fast, you go by yourself. If you mm -hmm. want to go far, you go together. And the only way you can go farther is to be patient with one another, but also to ask for that kind of patience, to ask for someone to continue to uh, indulge you or go along with you. You have to be able to explain, like my wife was saying, with clarity, this is why I feel this way. Or this is why I'm hesitant. So that you can let the other person in the relationship know that, okay, this is what we're working on. Because what you have, if you're vague, that, that, that breaks the line of trust. That creates this issue of, well, I think we're here, but you think we're there. But we both we're both considering this idea of marriage, but we have two different concepts. And right. men and women think very differently. So I think I think that's another issue. Again, goes back to communication. We're flowing down and saying what you mean and mean what you say. Right. And if you don't mean it, because if you think about it, men are very one dimensional. Women are have seven different yeah. several different layers to them. If you think about it, <laughs> what do you think? Like peeling an onion you have a woman it's layer after layer after layer and it's not it's just our makeups are different it's just and i don't know why well I, I do i mean it's just like you we talked before babe i mean um the i'm not trying to like stereotype genders or whatever but in in most situations as men we are direct we kind of more clinical in our thinking it's like it's more things like well i don't have no money to support a family this is and that when in all truth unless you're extremely wealthy you're never going to have a, a, enough money to raise a family. Nobody right. ever says, wow, I have so much money. I can do what I want to. No. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, we're, as men, we're more very fun, very functional, very foundational based. Like you said, John, one dimension. Right. Whereas a woman's like, well, I love you enough to we'll work through it. We'll do what we have to do. We'll adjust. And they think more like that, whereas we think more <laughs> in the physical sense. Like, well, financially, that's just not realistic. Well, you can't think like that. And I, I feel like... Um, as far as our evolution in the marriage and relationships, we should start to think more and do the work more with our hearts, not so much of our minds, so to speak. I'm not saying live like some uh, flower child dreamer, but I'm saying you can't make every every decision off of your head, out of life. Some things are just born with your heart and you have to go forward in. Right. I totally get that. And it's not so much as about finances exactly. It's more about, I know that you're never going to wind up being a uh, financially stable enough to actually raise a family but you want to be at least comfortable to where you're not stressing as much because there's that stress there but you're still not as stressing about as much yes most definitely yeah. um my other thing is too when did you guys first uh realize you wanted to be a, uh, well i already did that but what would you say is the most interesting writing court that both of you have writing court um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a true storyteller. I love telling stories. Like I love reminiscing over the stories of our lives and the chapters we've been through. Like for instance, John, my favorite hands down story to tell is after we had been married nearly about a year, um, we went to a family barbecue with my parents and my grandparents. And I'm sitting there around a grill with my, my dad and my grandfather. And my grandfather says to me, uh, ask me how life is going, how my marriage life is going. And I'm telling him how I was, I've just gotten out of school. I've started my career in occupational therapy. And at this time we had our daughter who had recently been born. And uh, he tells me with this big smile on my face, he says, son, you must have figured it out. And I asked him, what do you mean figured it out? He said, this, he look, he kind of nudges my dad. He said, oh, he, he's got it all figured out. I said, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. As they smirk and laugh at me, they tell me, knowing you, who you are, you're the oldest of three children. You're very headstrong. You're very driven. You're very, you have a lot of resolve and just heart for yourself. And honestly, you can be stubborn at times. I said, yes, sir. He said, then you bring it to the equation your wife. <laughs> Who is also driven. She's all those things. She has a mind of her own. And you still have a smile on your face. So you must have figured it out. I said, guys, make it plain for me. 
My grandfather simply told me either you like being married or you like being right. Which one is it? I sat there and I batted around. I like being married. He's a smart man that'll take you farther in life. So <laughs> I enjoy the stories. I enjoy absorbing the lessons. So I, I like portraying it and sharing it with people. That was another thing that one of the young ladies, or a lot of people have been telling me that a lot of the stories and situations and scenarios of the book, they can relate to. And that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be relatable. I like that. I, I love that story. Uh, I was just wondering, is there anything else that you wanted to share that was part of your memories as far as um, meeting your wife for the first time or anything like that? Or how did you know that this was the person that you wanted to be with? Oh, story. Oh, John, now now you're touching on my favorite story here, buddy. Uh, All right. I got my hey, I'm over here by a campfire. I'm gonna go on ahead and get my marshmallows out and listen to you. <laughs> I had I had been in and out of some relationships. And at this time I had stopped probably stopped dating for about a year and a half and just wanted to kind of focus on me. But you and me both know as a man, that can be a little lonely, not really like really intentionally seeking anybody. Right. So I found myself, honestly, I went in prayer and I was like, God, I don't know where to go, but I feel like there's somebody for me, but just give me an idea. I had never prayed for such a thing before at all, John. That night, I will never forget this dream as long as I live because I can tell this story backwards and forwards, no problem. I have this dream that I'm sitting in this restaurant. Some, I mean, nothing just extremely fancy, but I'm sitting across from this beautiful woman was just talking my head off like she's just talking but she's smiling and all I can do because I'm so captivated by her smile by her beauty that I don't hear a word she's saying and I'm just letting her talk smiling like an idiot John like I don't know who this is but she's amazing and I'm enjoying all my time with her I don't want to say anything to ruin this so in the midst of her talking because again I never take anything she said I finally interject and I say to her hey um, this is great. I'm having an amazing time with you. But who are you? Because I still couldn't quite make out her face, but I knew she was familiar and she's someone I knew. And that was her response. She says to me simply, I'm that girl you already know. And she starts that talk. Immediately, I snap out of my dream, John, like, oh my God. You know, I never dreamed so vividly. So, you know, just so realistic. Who was that? I'm racking my brain all day, all morning, John, over my breath. <laughs> and it finally there's never been a woman in my life that I've ever felt such natural chemistry that I felt so close to that it was so easy to talk to. And I had that big of a grin, a, a big of a grin or a smile on my face was April. Now, keep in mind, we had been friends back and forth through high school and growing up, but never anything serious because we would find ourselves in different relationships at different times. So I happened to just out of the blue decide to stop by her house one day. My brother thinks my little brother thought I was crazy. He says, dude, you, you didn't even call me. Just, just going to show up. I said, dude, I got a good feeling about this. My brother teasing me. You have to know my brother, Tony. He simply says, okay, good feeling. You're going to get embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and I got out of her house, and lo and behold, uh, she happened to come out and speak with me. I don't, and John, I had no clue that she was there. But she came out and talked, and we spoke. And um, I didn't quite get the immediate answer that I wanted because she had a situation. She was in the, in the ending stages of a relationship, Ooh. but she, me she was glad to see. Me. Well, long story short, we, you know, we did not speak. I didn't want to harass her because I knew she had a situation going on, but long story short, she ended up calling me back and asked me why I had not spoke with her. I said, well, you had your thing going on and I didn't want to bother you. She said, well, that thing's over. So what did you want to talk about that day? You came by my house and that done the rest <laughs> It's become what it is, the beautiful story of a 15-year marriage and 17-year relationship, man. That's great. I'm happy for the both of you, you know, because I can definitely tell there's that spark there after all this time and everything, too. That's just fantastic. It's beautiful to actually see that. You know? Appreciate that. You're very welcome. As a matter of fact, I remember seeing you at Kedrick's wedding and everything. I actually shook your hand, but I don't know if you remembered or anything because there was a lot, a, a lot going on. John, I thought about it. I think you had posted that you had went to Kendrick's wedding. I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't get to meet John. Sorry, John. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> because, you see, my girlfriend, she has a kid that's autistic. So as soon as we saw people coming in that was a yeah. crowded because of the COVID and everything, we had to leave because of the fact that we didn't want to get him, you know, just in case of anything. Because it was so crowded. So we left. But, you know, um, 
what Brandy and I, I've actually met her off of a dating site and everything. And, you know, the very first time I saw her, I thought for, I thought for sure that she was just going to ghost me like any other girl did. <laughs> you know, that's like my yeah. first initial reaction. <laughs> and then, you know, she had this smile on her face, this little quirky smile type thing. Green from ear to ear after I left, but still in the back of my mind, I'm like, is she fronting? Even though she's telling me that she's not fronting, that she's not a fronter. But I, I've been through that though, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna hear back from this girl. She's gonna ghost me. This is just gonna be one of those things. Next thing I know, it, uh, you know, we winded up together, but you know, we broke up after a couple of months. But now we got back together again, and things are actually going better than they were ever before. So. Yeah. And see that there you go. Um, what they say when you let it go and it come back to you is meant to be. Right. Might be your sign there. That's my sign. That's something yeah. that's definitely my sign. <laughs> so, John, can I ask it is can you see yourself? Can you see our relationship going further, honestly? Yes, I can definitely see it. It's just taking me a little time to get there <laughs> and everything. Okay. Because and it- it does sound like you've been misled in the past. Right. That's fair to make sure you're on that right foundation. Right. To be fair with you, right. To be fair with you, I was engaged with someone for four uh, for four years. I was with someone for four years. And I got engaged after a year two. And then I had to wait until she was trying to finish college. But then she winded up leaving me a text message telling me it's over. Wow. With no closure, blocked me off of everything and stuff like that. So then, I, you know, my first initial thought was, you know, I need to get back out there and stuff like that, you know, and I winded up finding myself more broken than I did, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, then when I messaged Brandy and stuff like that, I'm like, I realized too that I wasn't, I was also not ready just yet either. So it wasn't fair to me. It wasn't fair to her. So we broke up. And I broke up with her on a bad day. <laughs> Seriously, a bad holiday. <laughs> but uh, that was the wrong timing. But I even owned up to that. I owned up to everything that I've done and everything and how I got to the point where I wanted to actually ask her back out again and whenever I knew my heart was fully healed. Yeah, so, and it, it, I'm sure she's seen because if it would have been me and you telling me, hey, I'm really not ready yet, I appreciate that. Don't come to me until you're ready and that you've healed from your past because if you don't heal and be ready and moving on from your past, hurt people hurt people. Amen. So exactly. I, I wouldn't want you there hurting me. So I, I think, you know, in the long run, she, if she hadn't seen yet, she'll see that that was something more for her than it was for you. Definitely. And this is what I told her too. You may not see this right now because it might be hurting you a little bit because of the fact I'm not ready just yet. But in the long run, it's going to actually strengthen us. It's actually going to help us bring balance. It's going to actually help with us in the long run. You may not see it now, but later on, you're going to thank me for it. Almost definitely, because I'm a strong believer and I dem- I'm blessed enough to have it and demonstrate it in my own life, marriage and relationship, is that every woman loves a man, especially one who's sure about the vision for their relationship and their bond. And that that, that just built something. It is a connection that can be um, everlasting. It's something that dreams are made out of. I mean, I'm not trying to sound corny or repetitive, but <laughs> it does give promise. It provides hope into the world because a lot of times I've come to see that people just view relationships as disposable uh, situations. If it doesn't work out in a year or two where we're done and you know, nothing's lost, well, why waste time when you could really right. feel something with somebody? Right. Not only that, but I also have a saying, though, too, where it's like they like the idea of marriage. They don't want to be married, but they like the idea and the fantasy of yeah. marriage versus them being with somebody for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because marriage takes work mm-hmm. that a lot of people nowadays doesn't understand, and they want to get in and jump out as soon as the water gets hot, but you have to, you know, tough out those times together. Marriage, we're making that vow not just to one another, but we're making that vow before God, and um, to me, that's something I don't want to break. Just Definitely. like I, you know, don't want to 
curse, steal, cheat, you know, my marriage. I don't want to have, if it put no one before, that includes the people that's in it. Right. You have to work together, work that ring together. Right. And that's, that's another you know, thing, too. Right. Go, go on ahead. And whenever you get to the point of it's a struggle and it's beyond us, you have to then go back to the, um, to your praying room and pray together sometimes. I and agree some with that. Being um, saying I'm sorry, even though you you weren't in the wrong, because season is stuff is situational and seasonal. I I might be going through something from outside factors. As course, we say those balances. Sometimes we don't have a strong balance between work, family, yes, um, spouses, kids. Sometimes that balance get out of whack. And if I see that balance is out of whack in my husband, sometimes I have to, you know, take one for the phone and say, hey, baby, I'm sorry. Let's see what we can do to make it better. And vice versa. Sometimes that, that he can see that that balance is out of whack for me. And it's not that, you know, you're always either being the weak one or um, it's something wrong in a relationship. It's that you see where your spouse is weak at and sometimes you have to pick up the slack. I right. strongly hundred percent backer on that. I tell people, um, as my mind has evolved and my mindset of the type of marriage that I want, the type of man I want to be, I always filter three priorities through my mindset to help me stay on track and stay focused and make sure I'm being everything I want to be. Number one is to realize that God gave me a family to be the best version of myself with, not a perfect version. Like my wife said, we're going to mess up. But that means I try each and every day to do my best. Last but not least, I realize that I have been blessed with strength to embrace, but weaknesses to overcome in the varying seasons of my life. And that means sometimes stepping back and realizing as a man, as a husband, my way may not always be the best way. My, my thoughts might always be the best thought, but I must be willing to hear my partner, my friend. And that's, that's what I tell other people, too. I realize the type of woman, the type of uh, person I'm married to. I didn't marry a princess. I didn't marry a maid. I married a partner. And I think that's a lot of times we need to realize who we married and what we expect from them. So I think a lot of times we will come into these marriages and we want to. I knock no one for being blessed enough to see having a, a man, a strong man in your life, show you how to treat a woman. Anybody, but I tell us that it's not enough to take those lessons and live by them. We're, we're meant to evolve those lessons. We're meant to take them and do better, to build something better. Most definitely, I I agree with one hundred ten percent of what you just said because it actually makes sense. What what you said, we need to evolve. We need to actually strengthen our own self. Have that balance. Without that balance, without not that communication, all. you don't have anything. You know, and a perfect analogy, too, is like my preacher said one time, he goes, you cut off the big toe. Right. You become off balance. So, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to be toeless without that big toe. So you need to go in and find some balance in your life. So I can definitely I can definitely tell that you guys are both a power team. And that's just phenomenal in a 2020 setting, you know. Um, you know what though? I think the main thing too is why people are always in this fantasy world of marriage. Though too is look at the Bachelor, look at stuff like that. They yes. love things around that, but but once they actually get off camera, do they actually believe yes. that's actually going to work? <laughs> you know, and that's what they look at. They look at the fantasy aspect of it and not Almost the real definitely. life aspect. Agreed, of it. and talking about um, with saying. You focusing on that big day. Everybody seeing you in your dress. Everybody seeing you pretty. Um, but you still have to live after that wedding. You yes. still have bills to pay. You know when it comes down to it. Um, you still have a whole life after that. You still have the work to do after that. So don't always get wrapped up in that one thing. And that's the glamorous that you see on television. Exactly. You don't see the hard grit and grind no. of work behind it. No, you only see a one. You just see a painted picture of what exactly the image that we're sold. Yes, sir. (laughs) Exactly. 
Um, my question for y'all both is like, if you could recommend a movie to someone about marriage or anything like that, or maybe a top five list of what your favorite movies so are. Mine, at are the top favorite? of mine is I think I love my wife, starring Chris Rock. Yes, I remember that movie. That was I love really the story one. that he learned behind it. I mean, just being in the ups and downs of marriage, and you're dealing with like word sex and that interaction, but you also have to realize what your priorities were. And I love how he came to and realized, you know, the priority of what he had was a lot more, was worth more to him than what he felt he wasn't getting currently in his marriage. So I, I love that. And I was probably my top, and I All have right. so many love. <laughs> Like even right now, these <laughs> Christmas movies that all these little connections go on in. Um, but if I had to just pick a movie, I like Love and Basketball. It's growing up and being together and kind of reminds me of me and my husband. Like we started out about thirteen, thinking we liked each other. Um, being separated by school and distance, of course, because we didn't have a car and couldn't always communicate because we didn't have all this social media that kids have now, but you see them kind of separate and um, come back together later on um, in life and getting married and everything working out in the end. So I, I think that would be one of my favorites. Okay. And I just want to say, I mean, this is this has actually been a fun interview. I always love having couples on to interview for the book. Both couples on either married or just people together. I just love the unity between the conversations and everything. <laughs> Thank you, you guys. Are just awesome together. You're very welcome. I can definitely tell there's a lot of teamwork between you two. <laughs> I can definitely tell. Um, my other thing is too. What was one of the surprising things you learned in creating your uh, in creating your own book? Um, for me. Yes honestly was to step back and truly appreciate the lessons of love and marriage that I had learned really realizing that love marriage and character had really built and changed me more than I realized what I mean is sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees type situation John because I it's so many like allowed me an opportunity to reflect and to rehearse some of the situations maybe where they were disagreements maybe they were um situations that I thought I was so right on or she was so wrong and allow me to realize that hold on here instead of me trying to make my point maybe I should have heard her a little bit more because now I can I can step back out of it and take my emotions away and realize that man I really that really wasn't fair of me to do that or man I could have communicated that a little bit better if nothing else it reminded me and allowed me to realize if I want something I need I need not to ask of my spouse or anybody in a relationship more than I'm willing to give if I want patience I should show it if I want appreciation, I should demonstrate it and vice versa. Because what I truly learned is when I started operating with this mindset, I never had to ask my wife for a thing. What I'm saying is she, she was appreciative of me without me having to ask. I didn't have to ask her, but did you did you did you know what I did? Do you know? She saw me because she saw herself being appreciated. And you say actions speak louder than words is what I'm. If you show it, you don't have to yeah, exactly right, John. If you're kidding, you know, you're going to receive. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. Um, but I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to ask. Was there anything else that you wanted to actually touch base on with anything? I, I, don't, I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything else? Um, truly, John, like we said, and just to put a bow on things, is to understand that this situation that we call marriage has layers. It has an opportunity. There is no ceiling for it. Um, whether you've been together just dating nonchalantly off and on or whether you've been in a marriage for 50, 60, 70, 80 years, you can be more. And what I mean is you you can learn more about one another because we do change. Give ourselves room to do so, but also be patient with ourselves in the process. And I will tell anybody that feels stuck in life, in finance, in any part of life that stuck is a state of mind, it is a perspective, and it is a choice. In fact, my I changed my whole acronym or created my own acronym for stuck. The S simply means to look to the strength that you have yet to discover because it's in you. You don't know what you have until you're, until you're pressed. The T 
It's for realizing that tough times will come, but they will make you and not break you. The you is for realizing that you have a unique gift within you and we're all meant to take a unique journey. So embrace the journey. The C is for the fact that greater times are coming. So expect them. Raise your expectations of yourself and the life that you live. And last but not least, the K is for the fact that there is knowledge going to be gained that you don't know that you will know. So I tell anybody, you don't know that you don't know. So embrace the journey. I like that, man. That's beautiful. Well said. Beautifully well written and everything. I don't think I have anything to add after that. So <laughs> that's going to be hard to top. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, another thing, too, is I'm just wondering, where can everybody uh, buy this book at? Where is it available at and everything? I'm going to have the link below in the show notes. But you know, just so you can get some promotion out there, where can people actually get this uh, book? First at? and foremost, you can go to Amazon.com and purchase it, Barnes and Noble. They're actually available in the ebook format. So for those who don't prefer to have the hardback or paper um, copy. And I'm also selling copies myself where we're, sh- where we're shipping them to people uh, with them currently paying. I'm sorry. Oh, you can message us on our Facebook page. I have a Herald of Hope Facebook page and my uh, also my personal page, Dennis R. Holder. And we can um, set up, get you get you a copy and get it in your hands. Somehow, some way, we will work it out. Feel free to private message me, my wife, April Khalil, or my sister, Nicole Holder. And uh, we'll get you, get a book in your hands. All right. So, as everybody knows... Oh, go on ahead, April. We'll have some t-shirts on hand. They're only available through us. If you messenger us on Facebook, um, we can get you a t-shirt in your hand as well that's made very lovely, I must add. And if you were able to see us, you would be able to see one. But I can also send a picture of those. All right. I cannot wait to actually see what those t-shirts actually look like. I haven't seen the t-shirts yet. All right. Let's see your pick. All right. So, as everybody knows, um, I actually took a week off just to focus on everything. So, I'm actually have a couple of things actually planned for the podcast. So, we have a talking mafia segment on the show. We actually do that on Mondays, but I wanted to make this a very special one for you guys. So, that's something that we actually uh, are doing. On Tuesday, we have a movie news segment coming up. And that's actually just to catch up on all the movie news, stuff like that, that I actually didn't get a chance to report on. So we're going to be doing, so I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. Maybe Frenchie might be on here with me. Then Wednesday, I have Crichton Hobbs with me, independent director with me, talking about Home Alone and the Santa Claus review. We're going to be doing that. And then Thursday, we're actually doing a Scarface review with independent actress Russell McCree. Then Friday, I'm doing an after show for Dexter. It's called The Dark Pasture, a Dexter Morgan after show. And what this is, is it's just uh, us talking about all the episodes of Dexter all the way up until the new episodes actually come out in 2021. We're actually going to just do four, four seasons, and then once the episode is actually released, we'll go on ahead and do the rest of the uh, seasons. And then, of course, guys, if you guys want to follow me, you guys can by going to Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook. We also have a webpage for all your movie news and everything, and that is www.movieloversunite.com. We also have a GoFundMe page. I'll have that in the link below. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit and also, too, at John DiGiorgio. And we also have a Pinterest at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. And always, until next time, guys, stay safe. I'm glad to actually have you guys on the show. You guys are more than welcome to come back on the show anytime you want. Thanks, John. Thank you. You're you're welcome. And always until next time, guys, bye-bye. Stay safe. Cover your face. Don't take any boogers. And and later, everyone.